Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Daniel Smooth, host of Tide to BS. Being a part of Belly Up brings along some cool stuff and partners to join our crazy journey, that's for sure. Like Manscaped, for instance. Finally, a way to delicately clean and trim your fremundas without cutting them. Because that'll hurt like hell. Use the promo code BellyUpFantasy at Manscaped.com for 20% off your next order. That's BellyUpFantasy in all caps at Manscaped.com. It's time to BS. Alright, so we're going to try this and see where this goes here. So in this cup right here um, contains the following. Uh, an Arnold Palmer, which is essentially powdered iced tea and powdered lemonade, fight me. Um, one truly, and a shot of dry gin. This is either going to be a horrible idea or fucking delicious. I have not taken a sip of it yet, so we shall see where this goes. This is dangerous. <laughs> this is going to be fucking dangerous. <laughs> oh, I can already feel my uh, my Irish alter ego coming out. Uh, Seamus O'Brien <laughs> coming out. <laughs> Mickey O'Brien. <laughs> this is going to be a terrible idea. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 184 of Time to BS with your man, Daniel Smooth. Oh, God. This might be a horrible idea, but Drunk Dan is a fun time. <laughs> uh, but, hope you guys are having a wonderful time. But we're coming to you from the lovely beaches of Long Island, New York. On this uh, somewhat somber Tuesday night here in uh, August of the year 2023. It's the 29th, so it, the year's almost done. Can you believe that? So, um, yeah. Um, we got bunch of stuff going on we got some wrestling to talk about college football some news and pop culture happened uh, basketball baseball just stuff you know just just stuff because we like that we like stuff stuff is great everyone loves some good stuff including me some random dude behind a microphone but that's okay everything's fine so uh, we begin today's uh, tonight's show on a somber note. Um, so 
one week ago, well, technically this past Thursday, uh, the wrestling community lost two greats, uh, the Hall of Famer and one of the greats of hardcore, Terry Funk, uh, passed away at 79 years old on Wednesday, and then the following day, uh, Bray Wyatt passed away suddenly at the age of 36, uh, via heart attack. So, um, not a very good way to end the week, but, uh, that following night's SmackDown on Friday was, uh, Jesus, um, very emotional to put it, to put it kindly. So... Braun Strowman was there, and so was uh, Eric Rowan, uh, the two remaining members of the Wyatt family. Because uh, uh, three years ago, you know, Luke Harper passed away, who was Brody Lee with AEW at the time, and so what was Bray Wyatt? Who was Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt was the epitome, as people call it, a gentle giant. He was a teddy bear. He took care of you. He had some very creative and uh, obscure, but, but creepy, but creative ideas. Uh, one of the great creative minds that the wrestling business ever had. Um, he started out as a cult leader, essentially. Uh, his character was a cult leader of the Wyatt family. And it was a, a great character. And so great, in fact, that he wrestled The Undertaker uh, at WrestleMania 31 over in San Francisco. Well, Santa Clara, San Jose, whatever. Levi Stadium, home with the 49ers. There you go. Um, and he won the WWE Championship and uh, faced Randy Orton uh, with the title at WrestleMania 33 and reinvented his character sometime later as form of the fiend. And I, I still remember saying this. Um, I thought that character, Bray Wyatt, well, I thought Bray Wyatt, the character itself, not just the fiend, but the co-leader, the eater of worlds, you know, and even his previous character, you know, the one they just had. Um, I thought he was going to be the next, you know, the, the second coming of The Undertaker, and that's... I really thought that. He was that good of a character. He played it that well. Um, and he was... A, say what you want about his wrestling ability, whatever. he He's a three-time world champion, you know, two-time tag team champion. You know, you know, it sucks because last year at Extreme Rules, he returned after, you know, two years away from WWE. <laughs> And his reaction was it was great, and it was it was good to hear the fan base, you know, still remember and love Bray, and you know what hurts the most about it is, um, you know, JoJo, his wife, and his four kids. Good God, um, I feel terrible for them. Um, but some people said that Bray Wyatt should headline the Hall of Fame in Philadelphia for WrestleMania 40, and I would agree with that if WrestleMania was not in Philadelphia, because that's going to go to Paul Heyman. 
who created ECW, which is, you know, its birthplace is in Philadelphia. So, eh, it's, it's good try, though. But, you know, he, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame eventually. But So, God, that is a dangerous drink. Um, Bray is an interesting character, to put it kindly. Um, he, from what people have told, you know, from what people have said, um, he was such a nice guy. Really, like seriously, and it just everyone's so broken hearted about Bray. And good God, but I'm gonna track away from him before I, you know, dwell on into the middle of bumfuck nowhere on this whole thing. So next topic. Um, so Johnny Manziel had a documentary for a Netflix documentary. Fun enough. Come out some time ago. I want to see like two weeks ago. And it talked about, you know, his life and stuff like that. You know, his, his football life essentially falling apart uh, in front of her very eyes. Uh, Johnny Manziel, 2012 Heisman Trophy winner uh, with Texas A&M as a freshman. You know, help take college football by storm. Put Texas A&M back on the map. You know, rightfully so, you know, was a highly touted quarterback prospect in the 2014 NFL draft. Um where he slid to the 22nd pick in the draft to the Cleveland Browns. Now, say what the hell you want about Manziel Mania, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, I didn't see the documentary, but judging by the reaction of people... Um, they didn't necessarily believe what he had to say. They took it seriously, but it's like, dude, you partied all the time. You didn't take the, you didn't take football seriously. You just you didn't. Um, you drank all the time. You partied because you know. And I'm gonna sound like a cynical fuck here as I sip as I sip on a drink concoction of fuck knows what. So, I never, I enjoyed Johnny Manziel, the player in college. I did. But, throughout his draft process, I said, either this dude's going to go first overall, or he's going to plummet. Um, either or is going to happen. Um... I vividly remember Skip Bayless saying on ESPN's first take that Johnny Manziel would be bigger in the city of Cleveland than LeBron James ever was. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. So, uh, and of course, Stephen A. Smith lost his damn mind. But the overall viewpoint of what we had on Manziel for years, for the well, almost the past 10 years has been dude parties too hard. Dude didn't, didn't have his life together. Blah, 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 blah. You know, didn't care about football, only cared about party, blah, 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 which is, you know, let's be honest here. A majority of 20 somethings do nowadays, you know, only care about partying and, you know, 
not care about getting the life together. But you know, I I'm I'm obviously wrong. I could be I'm fucking wrong on that because you know who am I to judge? You know, I'm not judging for how clean your lawn is when my lawn is you know not put together or whatnot. I don't care. It's, you know, it's, it's, if you're close to me and I see you, you know, drinking your life away or drugging your life away or whatnot, I'm going to sit down with you and be like, yo, what's going on? Talk to me. What's going on? Truth. Tell me the truth right now. Um, you know, Johnny was drinking his life away. Why? I don't know. Beats me. Sure shit beats me. Um, it's one of the great mysteries. Um, if Johnny Manziel actually gave a shit about football, where would he be? Um, and who knows? Truthfully, who knows? Um, it's like the the what if scenario. If uh, you altered this timeline, uh, how would it affect all the other timelines? Or how would it affect the future? If you change the past, how would it affect the future? Who the fuck knows? And that's the beauty of time. We don't know. We have no idea. Uh, I think about that all the time with the Seahawks. Uh, If Malcolm Butler never intercepted that pass, if the Seahawks won back-to-back Super Bowls, what would happen? Who the fuck knows? Uh, And that's the beauty of things. That's the beauty of, of this whole thing. We'll never know. That's okay. Um... I, I saw clips of the documentary, and he mentioned how he was not doing well mentally, how he blew $5 million at one point. He would travel to Vegas all the time, which is like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge your mental health. If you got some shit going on, and if you have a hard time talking about it. Uh, the first, the, the first thing you shouldn't fucking do is post about it on Twitter or Instagram uh, or Snapchat with a black screen with a quote saying "I need help," like blah blah blah. Like, call somebody. Fucking call somebody. Um, like, I'm not gonna sit here and trounce one's mental health. I don't care who you are. Um, however, if I see that you are just posting attention-seeking posts or what the fuck not and, you know, not calling it one, then I'm, I'm going to, figuratively speaking, slap you across the face and be like, what the hell? Call somebody. Talk to them. You know? Um, so, <sighs> but what do I know? I'm just, again, I'm I'm a dude behind a microphone. But, so, that's that's just how I feel. Uh, Next, the Damian Lillard situation. So, if you haven't followed the NBA over the last several weeks, uh, Damian Lillard, actually years, in fact, Damian Lillard is arguably, actually unarguably, the greatest player in the history of the Portland Trailblazers. That's pretty much it. Um, 
He just now requested a trade. By the way, the Trailblazers have been fucking doing nothing. Uh, they traded CJ McCollum away, you know, to to New Orleans, and great trade for the Pelicans. But anyway, um, the big question was: Can please Lloyd request a trade? He just requested a trade this summer. Took a little bit, and. Of course, his preferred destination is Miami. Why? I don't know. So, I personally do not give a shit on where the hell he goes. Um, But if I had a preference, I would say go to the Knicks. Uh, That is as New York as it fucking gets. Damian Lillard with the Knicks. Uh, That's as, you know, that's a lethal backcourt with, you know, Again, you know, Brunson and Lillard play the same damn position, but hey, I'm sure I'll make it work. Who knows? Um, the reported asking price is like four to five first-round picks plus swaps, uh, a couple starters or players or whatnot, plus a couple more picks, like Jesus Christ. Um, I personally don't care enough in this situation to go and say, uh, yeah, someone trade for this guy. Get him out of Portland. Because uh, then the trailblazers would be screwed. Kind of. I mean, who knows? I have no idea. I can feel the alcohol hitting my system. This is great. Um, we go east now to Philadelphia. Speaking of Philly, um, James Harden. I I don't know what to think of this man anymore. Um, this man has publicly destroyed his GM, uh, Daryl Morey, uh, called him a liar, basically called him a piece of shit because he didn't get a contract extension, blah, 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 blah. And now he requests a trade out of Philadelphia. Like, Jesus. I, I, um... I'm not a fan of James Harden uh, of as of recently. Um, I thought he was a very great player. I thought he was a great player with the Rockets. Uh, forced himself out of Houston. Why? No idea. Um, but forced himself out of Brooklyn. And holy shit, the New York media tore him to pieces. Rightfully so. Um, and now he wants to get traded out of Philadelphia. So, fuck you. Um, you pouty child with a beard. Um, yeah, I don't get what I want, so I'm going to go force myself a trade for China, which is what he did. It's essentially what he did. He went to China, uh, got asked some questions, called Darren Morio a liar, and then basically requested a trade out of Philadelphia. Big fucking whoop. Um, what else is new? The, the sky is blue. Good for you. Um, James Harden pissed off because he's being a pouty child and doesn't get what he wants. The, the NBA hierarchy summed up in a nutshell um good for you jesus i hate people i really do um again i'm not a fan of james harden enough to really describe my feelings about this so anyway the great yankees dilemma this is what you get 
full disclosure, I'm a Yankee fan, so I have full permission to say this. Um, go fuck yourself. Blatantly. Go screw yourself. Um, so, I, I've been... I said this for a while. Um, the Yankees, what they need to do, they're not going to do it, and that's they need to fire Cashman. But if they really want to go from the top down... Uh, Hal, needs to, Hal Steinbrenner needs to get his thumb out of his ass, um, stop, you know, railing a cactus-shaped dildo, um, and start focusing on the team. Because, you know, it's, this is what happens when uh, you don't open up your wallets uh, and you let Brian Cashman go get Josh Donaldson, who was just released today. Um, you... You make stupid decisions. Now, granted, the Giancarlo Stanton deal looked like a genius move at the time. But what do I know? Uh, or Glaber Torres, you know, that's a good decision, dog. Great decision, bro. Uh, you know, the DJ LeMahieu move, that was good. Because uh, they were winning. They were winning shit. They were doing good things. And it's come back to bite them because, you know, I know, oh, the analytics, the analytics, this, the analytics, that. shut the hell up with your analytics bullshit. Um, you know what wins games? More runs, not home runs. Thank you. Uh, I don't care what the analytics say. This is the more home runs you get, the more wins you get. Like, shh. Stop. Just stop. Um, I know this is New York. I know we're in New York. And I know this Yankee fan base is impatient. And they constantly want to win. Because that's what they've been used to. Um, But let's be honest here. This had to happen. This tank of a season. This tank job of a season. Had to happen. Um, but let's be real. The Yankees are garbage. They are absolutely garbage. They're not the, they're not the A's garbage. Just good God. But if you were to ask me, you know, let's say two years ago, uh, do you think the Yankees would be one of the worst teams in baseball. You know, one of the you know, fifteen, you know, one of the worst teams to run differential oh, not the one of the worst, you know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. One of the thirteen worst teams in baseball. You know, one of the fifteen worst teams. I would say, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell I wouldn't be surprised. Cause you know, let's be real here. Uh, you're, you built your roster simply based on home run hitting. That's it. You don't have any consistent hitters. You don't have any guys you're batting 300 or above. When your entire team is batting 226 or lower, you got a problem, dog. Yeah, I get it. Aaron Judge won the MVP last year. 62 home runs. Fuck yeah, bro. Cheers to that. But... At the same fucking point. Um, 
they need a complete overhaul of just everything. Just fucking everything. And they're not going to do it. Because they're just not. They're they're really not going to do it. I I don't see a situation. I don't see a universe where not only is Cashman fired, Boone's fired, the the roster gets fucking traded. Like everyone outside of Cole Volpe, you know, Judge Cole, and maybe Volpe get traded. Like you really can't. There's no way that doesn't happen. There's no way that happens. Because you know why? Brian Cashman has the Steinbrenner blood deal. He has his contract written in the Steinbrenner blood. That's their adoptive son. What are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Let's go uh, check on Washington, shall we? The Washington Commanders. Uh, The Redskins' name might be coming back uh, thanks to a Native American support group uh, that says... uh, yeah, we want to change the name. And uh, helping new ownership and Josh Harris from uh, Daniel Snyder certainly helps with that. Um, look, I, I think if you were to talk to, I don't know, a majority of you know Native American tribes, they'd probably say, yeah, we don't give a fuck about the name, bro. Like, we take that sign of respect, you know what I'm saying? Um... I'm sure they're chill as shit, but you know, it's, I thought it was stupid when they changed the name, when they retired the name Redskins to the, you know, the football team and then the commanders. That's like, all right, cool. Clearly PR statement to hide the bullshit you were hiding, Mr. Snyder, which turned out to be true, uh, which is why he's no longer owning the team. Anywho. I'm torn on this because uh, one, I want to have the old name come back, but I also don't want to hear the sensitive little fuckers on Twitter say that name is racist. It offends me. I'm triggered. I'm going to make a sad TikTok about it. Shut the fuck up. All of you. If you got nothing nice to say, shut up. We were taught that when we were five years old. Now, I don't know. I just think it's all pointless. All this bickering. Bickering and whatnot. Um, it's, it's all bickering. So, um, anyway. Um, did you know... Um, off the top of your head, that, hold on, give me a second here, I gotta find this, give me a hot fucking second, so, yeah, the, uh, did you know that the Gadsden flag is apparently racist? I didn't know that, so... Uh, we need to do a little thing called uh, doing our homework. 
you know, like just or doing some research like uh, like grown human beings like to do. So the reason why I bring this up is because there is a video that just came out today of a 12 year old boy. Uh, in elementary school, I would assume, is getting removed from his class uh, because the teacher found it offensive that he was wearing a Gadsden flag patch on his backpack. Okay. So, I was like, why is this offensive? Why? Um, I'm pretty freaking sure that flag was uh, uh, around since... Uh, the pre-declaration of independence signing just, you know, thrown the fuck out there. Um, like, I would be very, like, probably like 1774, I would say. But what do I know? Um, so, if you don't know what the Gadsden flag is, it's the big yellow flag with the snake, the don't tre- the don't tread on me flag. That's basically summed up what it is. Um, and that flag has been around essentially since seventeen seventy something. It's been around for three hundred fucking years. Essentially, it's been around for three hundred years. Okay, two hundred fifty years technically, but. Regardless, people are calling it racist, huh? You know, because it depicts slavery. Huh? I is very confused, in fact. See, if only we had a way to look shit up um, and probably fact check this whole thing before posting it or just assuming it's racist. Oh, yeah. How about the supercomputer called your cell phone? Um, you know, the thing that you use to post stupid TikToks on? That thing? Why don't you look it up? You seem to have no problem looking up whether or not, you know, I don't know, whether that dress is blue or whatnot. You know, that's a stupid joke, but you know what I mean? You know? This ain't hard. This ain't difficult. Just look it up. Let's be smart. Did common sense leave this planet? Speaking of leaving this planet, see ya. Just kidding. Nah, dude, I'm I'm banking on the meteor. I'm putting a you know a bet with all my life savings on the meteor hitting this planet specifically this country i mean just jesus christ we're sensitive as fuck like i'm sensitive i don't give a shit i'm a teddy bear and i'm i'm not afraid to say that shit but holy jumping fucking shit balls wow what's next stop signs are racist or transphobic whatever i don't care but who am I to say things? I don't care. Well, I don't care enough. Said so don't. I mean, I care, but I don't care enough. So, there's that delightful little thing. But, anyway...
Uh, speaking of uh, pop culture bullshit, um, have you guys heard of the uh, the rich man north of Richmond? Know that song? Uh. Anyway, so. Oliver Anthony, as he's called, um, gives me hope for music, as well as certain things that I will not say. But uh, people are, what a surprise, calling this song racist or, you know, attacking, you know, the government. I'm like, no shit. Or it's like, it stands for Confederate people. Like, Jesus Christ. Enough. Uh, what is your objective here, cancel culture? What is your objective? Internet, people on the internet, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. What is your objective? Is your objective to just find the wrong in everything? You must be so effing miserable. Good God. Oh, God. You must be so effing miserable that you just want to find the wrong in everything you want to find the wrong in literally everything because you're too insecure about yourself to want to go improve yourself to make yourself a better human being so you result to drinking your pumpkin spice lattes from starbucks and buying squishmills and and naming them Stephen or Frederick or Harry Styles because you're too insecure to go get yourself a real a real boyfriend slash girlfriend or whatnot. So you have to make everyone feel miserable because you're miserable. That's essentially what you're doing. You are so miserable with yourself that your goal in life is to make other people miserable. Am I wrong? Where am I wrong? And this is not attacking one particular person. This is, you know, a whole self-esteem problem that we have. That all of us have. We are all insecure about something. So what? We work on that shit. You know? If you're insecure about something or if you have a problem with something that, you know, is, you know, affecting you or whatnot, go work on it. You know, for God's sakes, you know, go get like affirmation cards, like self-affirmation cards, you know, get a deck of those. I'm pretty sure that you could find them anywhere. You know, go get a hobby. I have one. I'm doing it right now. I'm recording a podcast because it makes me happy. I like doing it. I like going to the gym. Because it makes me happy. And you know, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy making myself a better person, as you should as well. You know, life doesn't have to be so effing miserable. You know, back to Oliver Anthony. So this guy is, is, you know... Appalachian mountain guy as you can possibly get. Dude's playing a guitar in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in the mountains of Virginia. Uh, has red beard as mountainous as you can get. Uh, apparently he's a good dude as well. And he sang this song, The Richmond North of Richmond. And right out of the gate with the title, you can probably guess what that's about. Um, and he's right. So, and 
this is not just a song that, you know, you know, conservative, progressive, liberal, what fucking argue about. No, this is about all of us. It's about this whole country, dog. You know? This is about something we can all probably agree on. You know? Like, what happened, dog? Did What happened, you know, government? Did your balls drop off? Or you don't care about us? Anyway. Uh, just, but anyway, it, that, that whole shit... That whole shit just pisses me off. That people are just finding ways to argue about the dumbest of shit. Anyway. Two more tops for a close-up shot for the day. Uh... In case if you haven't read the news around the NFL, uh, the 49ers have traded the former third overall pick, Trey Lance, to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. So, I was not a fan of that pick when he was selected for two reasons. One, the dude was the most raw talent out of all of them. Out of all five of the first-round quarterbacks taken. Uh, off the top of my fucking... Give me a second here. I know it's four of them. Give me a second. Well, uh, was it the 2020 draft class? Give me a second. I'm going to Google this real quick. do 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 do, do. Yeah, or five. Excuse me. I was thinking of the, the Jordan Love draft. <laughs> um, so Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Say what the fuck you want about Zach Wilson. He's got a great teacher now in Aaron Rodgers. But uh, Trey Lance was the uh, the most raw talent of the, th- of, of the five. Like... The dude was by far the most raw talent out of all five of them. Say what the fuck you want about Zach Wilson or Mac Jones. Like, that's just true. Um, so, Lance never got a shot. Rightfully so, because what did he play, like seven games in college? He was mostly hurt, or didn't start. Some people were comparing him to RG3. Like, good God, no. Um, the 49ers traded, what, three first-round picks to get him to move up to the third pick? Um, and I... Uh, if you wanted a mobile quarterback so bad, why didn't you take Justin Fields? What was wrong about him? I get it. It's the Ohio State quarterback curse. That curse is real. Fight. Don't don't fight me on it. That curse is effing real. But taking a sip to gather my thoughts. But people are just, you know, destroying the Niners brass for how they handled the Trey Lance situation. Now, in their defense, they did not expect big cock Brock Purdy to turn out the way he did. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft last year. 
helped take them to the NFC Championship game and basically was a more effective quarterback than either Garoppolo or Lance ever fucking were. Actually, Garoppolo's a toss-up, but we'll see. We'll see. So, I... I haven't paid enough attention to the 49ers transactions to know how good of a team that they will be. Um, I will probably look up all 32 teams in a span of 24 hours because I'm doing the NFL preview episode in a couple days. But it's the point I was making this. It's really hard to evaluate a quarterback pre-draft. It's really hard to evaluate a college quarterback pre-draft process because they all play at different systems. Uh, the, each quarterback plays a much different offense from one another. You're not going to find a quarterback that runs the same offense as each other. You're just not. Um, and there are quarterbacks that are like they're easy to coach. There are quarterbacks that are not fucking easy to coach. Uh, with the particular case of Trevor Lawrence, he had Urban Meyer as his rookie head coach. How'd that turn out? You know the story. Now, Doug Peterson. Perfect fit. Perfect fucking fit. Mac Jones. Perfect example. Uh, Dude was going to go to the Patriots regardless, and he did. Why? Because Nick Saban was his college coach at Alabama. Uh, The other one, which you can argue was the most raw talent of all of them, was Zach Wilson. Uh, dude skyrocketed on draft boards, so much so he went to the Jets at number two. Now, having Aaron Rodgers as your teacher for a year or two is going to help. Is going to effing help so much. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, but as I was saying before I got off track um, I, I just they had to do something San Francisco they just had to they really did um, like they were either going to start Purdy or just force Lance out there for somehow I mean, Shanahan's a smart guy, but I don't, you know, now I don't trust him as head coach. But nah, we'll fucking see about that. Uh, this might be his last one of his. These next two seasons are probably going to be his last shot as the Niners head coach. It's like you have such a good effing roster, and you got to get win at least a Super Bowl. You just have to. Last topic. Um, so, in terms of more wrestling news with WWE, because I'm not going to talk AEW. I am not. I am effing not. Um, I will talk WWE. Lacey Evans, you know, you remember her, right? You know, the sassy Southern Bell was in contention for, you know, the SmackDown Women's Championship at one point with Charlotte, got pregnant, and the rest is history. So she departed from WWE 
last week or so. And on by like clockwork started an OnlyFans. But that's not the topic here. Yes, she's a bombshell. Good for her. She's also a MILF. Good for her. That's not the point. The point is this. Um, which recently released, and we're talking like the last three or so years, released WWE wrestlers, whether from NXT, SmackDown, Raw, whatever. Um, would you argue the company fumbled the bag with the most? The first three that come to my head are Adam Cole, Aleister Black, Keith Lee. First three, rather good. Uh, you can argue... There's a good argument there for, you know, Tony Storm in there. Karrion Cross, Kinda. Because he's back with WWE. I mean, it's hard to say. Because Keith Lee was a talent, bro. Adam Cole's probably the best example because he did, he was never called up to the main roster. Why? No idea. I have no idea. Um, it's one of probably the great mysteries of my life. Uh, why Adam Cole spent his entire time in WWE NXT and never on the main roster. Keith Lee was called to the main roster. Doomed. Effing doomed. Dude was a world champion ran all over him. Doomed. Uh, Alistair Black is probably my favorite one of all of these because I loved his character. Especially his kick. Black Mass. Bam! Round has kicked to the face. Good night. Also, another former, and all three of them that I just mentioned Lee, Cole, Black, all three of them are, NXT, are former NXT champions. You're welcome. That, my friends, is a random wrestling knowledge that I know off the top of my head. I also can name all the Royal Rumble winners, but that's not important. Is it? I don't know. I'm tired. But I mentioned earlier on that there's going to be an NFL preview episode. Um, Jack is supposed to be there. Mike... Well, you shall see. But I'm aiming on Mike and Jack to both be there. So, we shall effing see. But, you know, I, I'm i excited because, you know, I'm very excited for football. I just can't fucking wait for football life is good so that being said ladies and gentlemen my name is Daniel Smooth that will do it for us here on episode 184 of Time to BS with Daniel Smooth hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and I hope to see you all in this life or the next one chill guys chill out and cheers cheers